This is the gray area. Humans are such easy prey. This isn't funny anymore. podcast is brought to you by caresnone.com caresnone.com merchandise it's a clothing line it's a lifestyle it's a trend you need to transform a buddy of mine started with merch and then he was like you know what i'm gonna license this i like the whole vibe of it so he's got a whole clothing line now you guys gotta check it out caresnone.com especially because you guys need hoodies it doesn't matter if it's summer winter fall it doesn't matter where you live because in chicagoland where i'm from where you come for the pizza and stay because you're dead (laughs) <laughs> it snowed today. It snowed today. It was like 70 degrees 20 days, not two days ago. But whatever. It is what it is. Caresnone.com. Go there. Check it out. And when you're checking out, use code DeGrayArea15 and you, yes, you get 15% off. D-A-G-R-A-Y-A-R-E-A-1-5. Caresnone.com. This podcast is also brought to you by ballwash.com from head to toe from pole to hole when it comes to your sack they got your back when it comes to your wiener it's never been cleaner men's hygiene products for the dudes you can't be smelling like lavender melanin mint or whatever the fuck the douche that your mom uses is okay you can't you can't do that unless it's cucumber melon from like the 90s because that shit was fire anywho ballwash.com is men's hygiene products from head to toe, shampoos, conditioners, lotions, body washes, face washes, wipes, quickie wipes, hand sanitizers, personal lubricants, you know, boxers. They have everything. If you don't know what you need, colognes, solid colognes. If you don't know what you need, they have packs, like combos, where you could just be like, I don't know what I want. I'm just going to get this random combo, and hopefully it works out. And it will. Ballwash.com, trust me, not only are they my sponsor, but I'm a member. So go to ballwash.com and when you're checking out, use code the gray area, D-A-G-R-A-Y-A-R-E-A, and you, yes, you get 15% off ballwash.com. So how was everybody's Easter? Did you guys get to see Jesus and the resurrection and the Easter bunny? What does the Easter bunny have to do with Easter in, to, to, to begin with? Easter's... Easter bunny. I don't, I, Easter's confusing to me. I don't, I don't get it. What does the bunny do? What is the bunny for? Is it for like springtime and abundance? Because the only thing that bunnies like to do is fuck and Jesus was a virgin. So we think maybe we, maybe he was a hoe. You never know. He, I mean, there was 20 years that of a gap that we were like, what was Jesus doing this all the time? He was just turning water into wine and fucking bitches. Maybe. I don't know. Strike me down if I'm wrong. Nope, still here. <laughs> okay, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what's going on with Jesus. Maybe we'll figure that out. Maybe we won't. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, chocolate. Today is the day. The Monday after Easter Sunday is the day to go and get your Easter candy because it's on sale. You got to think smart, people. You got to think smart because, you know, the day after Halloween, Halloween candy's on sale. The day after Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day candy is on sale. The day after Easter, sale. This is where you get your goods. This is it. This is the time to go to the store. Even though everything's marked the fuck up anyway. You know why? Because of inflation. You know why we have inflation? Because of Joe Biden. Not because of Vladimir Putin and the Putin price hike. I don't want to talk about that shit now, but it's fucking Biden's fault. Everything about, you know what his approval rate is? There, some people are saying among independents, his approval rate's like a 26%. That's fucking abysmal, okay? Democrats make up like 50% of the the voting population, about 50%, and that's even under 50. It's like you you have to like your guy, right? You know? I voted for you, okay, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta represent, I gotta hold my own, but where's the Biden flags at? Where's the, uh, the posters at? The only fucking things i see are things that say i did that it's joe biden pointing to like a gas tank or something or or you see those things on the uh, pumping stations at gas stations and you see those stickers that said i did that and it's joe biden he did it he totally did it and it is all his fault and it sucks so everything's fucking more expensive inflation's way through the fucking roof the cost of living is ridiculous i don't know i don't know how we're gonna fucking make it and we just got our taxes back 
Well, I just got my taxes back. You know how much I'm getting back after I pay back the state of Indiana? I'm getting back 123 fucking dollars. I have two kids. I have two kids that are over the age of 20 that are doing their taxes as independents, and they're getting back over $2,000. You know what's fucked up? They're not independent. They live in my house. They don't pay water. They don't pay electric. They don't pay utilities. They don't have a mortgage. They don't have rent. They pay for pretty much their cell phone. And, oh, you're independent, are you? Are you? They're getting back, too. I deserve some of that. I fucking deserve some of that. You would think, right? Like a quarter of it, 500 bucks from you, 500 bucks from you. You're independent, right? But where do you live? Whose food do you eat? This is fucking ridiculous. It's a shit show. It pisses me off. It absolutely pisses me the fuck off. And I'm allowed to be pissed off because the amount of sacrifice that I do in my life is giving me zero return right now because Joe Biden is a fucking chump-ass bitch. Insurance is through the fucking roof. Inflation is through the roof. Wheat, barley, grains, bread, food, gas, cost of living, everything is fucking taxed or raised the fuck up. It's 8.5% now and climbing, which is the highest it's been in 40 years, and it's only going to get higher. It's going to be worse in the summer. Way the fuck worse in the summer. We're going to hit a recession, which is not fucking good. For those of you that don't know what a recession is, it is this. A recession is a macroeconomic term that refers to the significant decline in general economic activity in a designated region. It has been typically recognized as two consecutive quarters of economic decline as reflected by GDP. In conjunction with monthly indicators such as rise in unemployment, however, the National Bureau of Economic Research, which officially declares recessions, says... The two consecutive quarters of decline in real GDP are not how it is defined anymore. The NBER, which is the National Bureau of Economic Research, defines a recession as a significant decline in economic activity spread across the economy, lasting more than a few months, normally visible in real GDP, which is gross domestic product, real income, employment, industrial production, and wholesale retail sales. So... Okay, the cliff note version of a recession is a recession is a period of declining economic performance across an entire economy that lasts for several months. Businesses, investors, and government officials track various economic indicators that can help predict to confirm the onset of recessions, but they're officially declared by that National Bureau of Economic Research. A variety of economic theories have been developed to explain how and why recessions occur. We're in one now. You know what? Based off, off of reading that, I am pretty sure that we are in a recession right now because supply is lacking. Supply is lacking, but the demand is there. So what do you do with the supply you have? You chalk that shit up. You tax the fucking hell out of it because you got to make up for the fucking losses. Diesel costs more. So you're going to see grain and farmers not being able to do their cropping and, you know, seeding and stuff like that because it costs a shit ton more to buy fertilizer now and to use their heavy equipment and diesel and stuff they can't afford it so we're going to lose food production which is bad this is not good we we might be in a recession right now as we speak and it's not going away anytime soon biden still has like a little less than three years left (laughs) in office granted you know unless he dies but then you know kamala's not going to be any better And if you're sitting there like, oh, that's a typical conservative Republican thing to say to blame it on Biden because he's the president, it's actually Trump's fault. First of all, Trump's not a fucking president. He hasn't been president for a long time, and it is Biden's fault because all this shit fucking happened when Biden took office. When Biden took office, inflation went up 2%. When Biden, by the summer, it went up to uh, like 5%, and now it's like at 8.5%. This is because of Biden. The inflation was going way the fuck up before Putin even thought about invading Ukraine. You can't do shit now. You can't do shit now. They're giving you, the government's giving you like um, COVID relief bills and stuff and COVID relief checks that nobody fucking asked for, okay? I didn't ask for those. I didn't ask for the child fucking tax credit. And I want my actual return on my taxes that I put into my job. But no, I'm getting $123 back. Are you fucking kidding me? This is a joke. Everything is upside down and fucking backwards, and it's Biden's fucking fault, and I'm fucking pissed and salty as shit for it. 
So now we, the people, owe so much money back to the government that we never wanted to have spent in the first fucking place. And they're doing it's COVID this and COVID this and comply with that and comply with that. You think COVID's over? Not to the fucking F, not in the FDA. What is it? The CDC. According to the CDC, you still have to have a mask on planes. Why? It's not a super spreader event to be on a fucking plane. You have to wear your masks on planes. Why? So you could take them off when you go down that stupid terminal hallway and shit? You're not getting COVID on an airplane. The filters on airplanes are ridiculous. You think your little cloth mask is going to keep you from getting COVID? Everyone's getting COVID. If you've been vaccinated, you're getting COVID. If you haven't been vaccinated, you're getting COVID. Either way, you're getting fucking COVID. So when they're sitting there like, if you're over 60, you should get your fourth booster shot. You should be like, if you mind your own business, you won't get punched in the goddamn mouth. Well, there you go. Vaccines, especially in regards to COVID, if you're not high risk, then just fucking risk it with COVID, okay? Just get fucking COVID like I have. I've had it twice, and I'm completely fucking fine. I'm not gonna... Your fourth booster is ready. If you want your fourth boost, get fucked. Everybody's backtracking on it, like, oh, you need to you need to be vaccinated in order to have a job. Oh, yeah? Because there's a place that I'm applying to, and it's like, are you vaccinated? You must be vaccinated if you want to work here. And I was like, no. So, get fucked, really, honestly. And then I was like, I actually got a doctor's note saying I don't need to get the COVID shot. They're like, oh, if you could if you could prove that, if you could give us a doctor's note proving that he or she, she said that, then uh, you're good. And I was like, deal. So I sent it in. And it's like, I've already had COVID. I have natural immunity. Okay? So forcing vaccinations is fucking stupid. Especially a vaccination that's been around for less than two years. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, you must be vaccinated. If you got vaccinated to keep your job, you're a fucking idiot. Okay? Because everyone's backtracking on it now. Everyone's like, okay, you don't need to be vaccinated. Have you had COVID? There's therapeutics out there. There's People are starting to realize, finally, even though we've known it for over two years, that COVID's not that bad. If you're high risk, yes. If you're high risk, get vaccinated. If you're not, and if you're just doing it to make the world rotate again because you want it to be done with... Congratulations, you've been had, and you're a fucking idiot. Now you need boosters, and you need another booster, and now if you're vaccinated, see, I'm naturally immune, I can prove that shit. I have a doctor's note saying, I don't need to get the COVID vaccine shot. But because you've had the COVID vaccine shot, now they're going to be like, well, what booster are you on? Are you, do you have your eighth booster, or do you have your summer booster? You could get fucked with that shit. I, they're not done with COVID, folks. They're not. They're going to use that as an avenue to make you comply to whatever the fuck they want you to comply to because we're living in a socialist totalitarian regime right now. Look what the fuck is happening, people. Look what is happening. Look at look at Elon Musk, for instance. For those of you that don't know, the Cliff Note version is the First Amendment is under attack. Freedom of speech is under attack, and Twitter is the one to do that. Their algorithms take people that are of conservative mind, Republican mind, and they push them to the bottom. And they put liberal minds and progressive minds and they push them to the top, right? So everybody knows that Twitter is like the common fuck ground for, you know, liberals. And they all hang out in their, their little town square. And if you're a Republican, you don't have a fucking voice. You can say whatever you want, but no one's going to fucking see it. So if you used to be popular, if like if you're like a Ben Shapiro with 4 million followers, you would probably have 10 million followers if people knew you fucking existed outside of the Daily Wire. So Elon Musk is pretty much like, okay... We know that this is the de facto town square. I'm going to buy 9% of the company in shares. And he did that, which made him the largest owner. And then they were like, hey, you want to be part of our board? And he's like, no, which was funny because if he did join the board, he would be under like rules and regulations and policies and he could and he'd be muted to say certain things and like a non-disclosure agreement and blah 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 so he said no which means he could buy more shares and then he's like okay i'm going to buy all of twitter i'm going to offer you 54 dollars a share when it was thought to have only been about you know like 45 dollars a share but as low as 30 dollars a share so he was offering above market price and he was going to spend like 43 billion to buy twitter 
outright and all of a sudden shit hit the fan. The progressives, the oligarchs, the fucking liberals and the Democrats were like, this can't happen. This is corruption. The Twitter people were freaking the fuck out. We're not going to have our progressive liberal blue wave place to talk anymore. The Republicans are trying. No, he just wants free speech. He just wants people to have the right to say whatever they need, not permanent banning. Okay, you're going to ban, you know, Donald Trump, but you're not going to ban the mullahs of Iran that, you know, wish death to America. Everything that Donald Trump said, by the way, turned out to be fucking true. Does he have his Twitter handle back? No, he doesn't at all. So anyway, I'm going to read this article by the Daily Wire. So bear with me. Tesla founder Elon Musk slammed Twitter's board for objectively not having their economic interests aligned with the company's shareholders. Musk's critical tweets were posted after the board adopted a poison pill in an effort to thwart the billionaire's hostile takeover of the company. Elon Musk is in for a bad time, Lasky founder Chris Bakke posted. I'm not sure he's prepared to take on the couple of PhDs, a few MBAs, and a baroness who use Twitter once a year to reset their passwords and collectively own 77 shares of the company. A screenshot of the Twitter board members' ownership accompanies by Baki's comments. Wow. With Jack departing, the Twitter board collectively owns almost no shares, Musk reacted on Saturday. Objectively, their economic interests are simply not aligned with shareholders. A screenshot of Twitter board members' ownership was accompanied by Baki's comments. These shareholders own, like, nothing. They own nothing. It's like 0 .007, 0 .063, 0 .000, 0 .001. These are of percentages, right? So, Jack Dorsey, these are shareholders, right? And Jack Dorsey owned 2.25% of the company that he created. And everybody else owns way the fuck less. And Jack just left. So, these shareholders that make all the calls... They own almost no fucking shares. And these pe these people are the shot callers of how Twitter works and how Twitter is reigned and how progressive it is and how people should be silenced. The same day the tech billionaire agreed with entrepreneur David Sachs post claiming a rejection of Musk's offer to outright buy Twitter would expose corruption, right? So he said this, if the game is fair, Elon will buy Twitter, Sachs tweeted. If the game is rigged, there will be some reason why he won't be able to. We're about to find out how deep corruption goes. And Musk replied, indeed. So on Friday, April 15th, Twitter board announced the adoption of a poison pill intended to stop Musk's efforts to buy the company by diluting his shares. Yeah, there's your corruption right there. The board has adopted a limited-duration shareholder rights plan, which gives Twitter's existing shareholders, except Musk, time to purchase additional shares at discount, Axios reported Friday. The desired effect is to clearly dilute Musk's holding in the company and make the cost of takeover higher or even prohibitive. A poison pill devised by law firms in the 1980s to protect companies from corporate raiders essentially lets a takeover target flood the market with new shares or allow existing shareholders other than the bidder to buy them at discount. The New York Times explained. That means anyone trying to acquire the company must negotiate directly with the board. The pill will be activated once any individual or a group of people working together buy 15% or more of Twitter shares, the Times noted. Musk earlier in the week offered to buy 100% of Twitter at $54.20 per share in cash, a deal that would exceed $40 billion. The entrepreneur stressed in a formal letter to Twitter's chairman of the board, Brett Taylor, that he believes the platform should be used to proliferate the principle of free speech in an SEC filing revealed. Free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy, Musk said, adding that this was his best and final offer. So you have a billionaire oligarch that wants to defend free speech. He's a constitutionalist libertarian that believes free speech matters. He doesn't believe in permanent banning, okay? And he wants to buy it back and let free speech do his thing, do its thing. And uh, the left is like, no, 
No, we're going to poison pill this thing. We're going to offer people more shares to buy at discount, which happened because this group called Vanguard ended up buying 15% of it. Now, I don't know if that's just an automatic thing or something to throw Musk under the bus, but the poison pill thing, absolutely 100%. So we'll see what happens because apparently Elon Musk has a plan B. We shall see how that folds out in the future. This might not seem like a big deal, but it is a big deal when you have people that are trying to defend the constitutional rights of the people. When you have a billionaire like Elon Musk trying to defend free speech, and the left completely goes out of its way to silence free speech and keep people under lock and key and leashes and shadow bans and keeping progressive thoughts high and pushing conservative Republican thoughts to the floor, that's a problem. He wanted to release the algorithm to know why certain things are going higher, certain things are being pushed, and other things are being put aside and hidden. And I think that is the main reason as to why you're seeing this poison pill thing, because the left is going to be caught between a rock and a hard place if it turns out that they are suppressing certain amounts of the population, but they're elevating other parts of the population because that's segregation. The left is an absolute fucking cancer. If you're a Democrat and you vote Democrat on purpose, it's because you're ignorant to what you actually stand for. And that's okay, I guess, but maybe you'll adopt the walkaway movement or the Blexit movement and you'll start to realize that the reason the world sucks, especially the American world that we live in, in our society, and our norms, is because the socioeconomic policies of the left has put us in this horrible fucking situation. We would be completely fine right now. We would be self-sufficient, we would be fuel-sufficient, we wouldn't be in an inflation, we wouldn't be underground, we would be getting better tax refunds back, gas will be, gas would be damn near like $2, maybe even fucking lower if it wasn't for fucking Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the direct fucking reason, and Democrats are the direct fucking reason why everything in America fucking sucks. It's not because, you know, Trump said, oh, grab her by the pussy in 2005, right? 11 years before he was fucking elected. It has nothing to do with that. All these dumb motherfuckers out there like, well, Trump did it. Well, Trump, Trump, Trump. He's not in office right now. So you're trying to make excuses for why the world fucking sucks when Trump left office in February of 2021. Joe Biden, the Democratic Party, progressives, and the left are a fucking cancer. You want to know what happens when Democrats are in charge of things and they're not responsible for their actions or they're not held accountable for their actions i'll tell you what happens you get a supreme court justice that doesn't know how to define a woman even though she was nominated based on the fact that she is a woman right you also have blm the organization look at how that works you remember you also have the blm riots of 2020 Remember how everything was burning to the fucking ground and everything was fucking bad and billions of dollars in fucking damage and nobody was arrested and people that were arrested, even Kamala Harris was putting a fucking fund together to bail money to get people that were breaking the law out of jail. But then you have this insurrection of January 6th and now there's a whole fucking commission. Congratulations. You might have Democrats in power because that's what the fuck happens. When Democrats are in power, they don't like authority. They don't like sheriffs. They don't like police. They wanted to fund the police based on the actions of one fucking man. And so they do that across the whole fucking nation and the crime wave goes up and there's a crime spike fucking now and people are getting murdered all over the place and cops are leaving their job because they're not respected. That's what happens when Democrats are in charge. You have cities like L.A., Seattle, Portland, St. Louis, Baltimore, Chicago, New York City that are going through a huge suppression, depression, recession because nobody wants to work there. Nobody can work there. There's no fucking police on the street. There's no security. The crime wave is way the fuck up. People are breaking fucking windows and stealing whatever the fuck they want because there's no deterrence. There's no little person in a fucking criminal's head saying don't do this or else because if you do it, you're going to be fine. If you do it and you get arrested, you're going to be released. That's what happens with the socioeconomic policies of urban fucking America of the left and Democrats. This isn't happening in Republican cities. This isn't happening in Republican states. 
You think people are leaving California, Illinois, and New York because of the fucking weather? No, they're leaving it because of taxes, socioeconomic policies, and the fucking rules, regulations, and statues of, guess what, democratic leadership. And whenever you have an original thought as to why this shit sucks, like if I were to say this stuff, if I were to say this to MSNBC, CNN, a Democratic pundit, it's because I'm white, I have privilege, I'm I'm unknowingly racist, or maybe I am racist, I'm a bigot and I'm a homophobe, obviously, that's the reason. Whenever you go against the Democratic policies and whatever their rules and regulations and statutes or whatever they fucking want you to comply to, whenever you go against that, whenever you rebute whatever they say, it's because you are judging based on race, religion, gender, or sexual preference. You're the fucking racist. They don't have any valid rebuttal to us being mad at them for their fucking policies. We bring things up and they'll be like, well, you're racist. Well, you're a Trump supporter. It's absolute fucking bullshit. Okay. We're, I'm done with it. I'm done with the democratic party altogether. They should be fucking gone. They should be absolutely. I would rather have libertarian constitutionalists and fucking independents than the Democratic Party. There is nothing good about the Democratic Party. The reason they are a donkey is because they're a bunch of fucking jackasses. They have no valid information other than blaming it on other people. When you do not accept the repercussions of your actions and your policies and you blame them directly on something else or another party, you're the fucking problem. They want to bring up shit from, I don't know, decades ago, a hundred years ago, all the way back to fucking 1612 as to why Republicans are fucking bad and how this, that, or the other thing is directly correlated. How about fucking now? How about within the last fucking decade? Okay. Why is everything happening right now the way it is? It's because of democratic policies. It's because of Joe Biden. It's because he's not a moderate. He ran as a moderate and he said this, that, and the other thing to whatever audience he was talking to. And he changed his speech based on the audience. When you have politicians that changed their speech, depending on who they are talking to, because they are saying what those people need to hear to make them vote for him or her, that's bullshit. A Republican, a conservative, a true politician will go up before before any audience and say the exact same thing about their policies. And you could take it or you could fucking leave it. I, if I were going to run for office, I will say, this is my policy. This is how I feel. If you like it, great. If you don't, then this is a free fucking world, right? A Democrat would go up to rural and urban and they would change their speech based on the society of wherever they're giving their speech so based on the population they would change it if it was more rural it would be a more rural speech if it was more urban it would be a more urban speech if it was you know more people of color he would change it they would change it, it would be like hillary clinton picking up a a southern a southern person of color sort of like a preacher a preacher accent because they're trying to connect with them on their level. They change their speeches and their thoughts and what they say based on the people in the crowd. Real politicians, conservatives, Republicans don't fucking do that. These are my policies. This is what I believe. If you like it, great. If you don't, it's a free country. And if you disagree with a Democrat or if you ask them a question, then you're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be called fat. You're going to be challenged to a push-up competition. Okay? Democrats are fucking evil. Joe Biden is a goddamn cancer. Kamala Harris, cancer, Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, all of them. The reason you have less money in your wallet, the reason why you're stressed out and you're, you have anxiety and possible depression and you can't pay your fucking bills has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It has to do with the Biden administration and Democratic policies. The reason there is a war in Ukraine is because Biden is a fucking personified, 100% pussified piece of shit. He is a joke show of a human being. Vladimir Putin knows it. Xi Jinping knows it. And Kim Jong-un knows it. Kim Jong-un is freaking launching fucking rockets into the fucking Pacific. Xi Jinping is just sitting there, you know, enjoying his cheaper gas from Russia because he doesn't have to pay as much as he usually does. It's a fucking joke. And Vladimir Putin is doing everything that he's doing in Ukraine 
because he can. Sanctions aren't doing a damn thing to Russia. Putin doesn't give a fuck about your sanctions. You know why? Because Pakistan, because fucking India, Germany need fucking Russian goods. They need it. Especially China. China's like, hey, we're not going to get involved, but can you give us a discount on what's going on? Which is why the things in Ukraine are happening right now. We need to intervene more than we already are. And I'm going to read this article from the New York Times. The New York Times is known to lean left, okay? Very, very left. But even the left is like, okay, this is, this is getting out of hand, all right? We need to do something. We need to do something. Because moderate Democrats still exist, apparently, and... They are being overshadowed by the progressive left, and that's fucking sad. So this is called Buka's Month of Terror. It's written by the New York Times. I can't believe I'm doing a New York Times article, but they nailed it. Here we go. As the Russians advance on Kiev is stalled, a campaign of terror and revenge against civilians nearby in Bucha began, survivors and investigators say. Russian soldiers set up in this in a school... A sniper in a high-rise fired at anybody who moved. Other soldiers tortured, raped, and executed civilians in basements and backyards. A mother, killed by a sniper, walking with her family to fetch a thermos of tea. A woman held as a sex slave, naked except for a fur coat, and locked in a potato cellar before being executed. Two sisters, dead in their room, their bodies left slumped on the floor for weeks, Bucha is a landscape of horrors. From the first day of the war, February 24th, civilians bore the brunt of the Russian assault on Bucha, a few miles west of Kiev, Ukraine's capital. Russian special forces approaching on foot through the woods shot at cars on the road and a column of armored vehicles fired on and killed a woman in her garden as they drove by into the suburb. But those early cruelties paled in comparison to what came after. As the Russian advance on Kiev stalled in the face of fierce resistance, civilians said the enemy occupation of Bucha slid into a campaign of terror and revenge. When a defeated and demoralized Russian army finally retreated, it left behind a green tableau, bodies of dead civilians strewn on streets, in basements, or in backyards, many with gunshot wounds to their heads, some of their hands tied behind their backs. Reporters and photographers for the New York Times spent more than a week with the city officials, coroners, and scores of witnesses in Bucha, uncovering new details of the execution-style atrocities against civilians. The Times documented... The bodies of almost three dozen people where they were killed in their homes, in the woods, set on fire in a vacant parking lot, and learned the story behind many of their deaths. The Times also witnessed more than 100 body bags at a communal grave and the city cemetery. The evidence suggests that the Russians killed recklessly and sometimes sadistically in part of revenge. Unsuspecting civilians were killed carrying out the simplest of daily activities. A retired teacher known as Auntie Lydia, short of, short for... Ludmila was shot mid-morning on March 5th as she opened her front door on a small side street. Her body lay twisted half inside the door more than a month later. Her sister, Nina, who was mentally disabled and lived with her, was dead on the kitchen floor. It was not clear how she died. They took the territory and were shooting so nobody would approach, a neighbor said. Why would you kill a grandma? Roman, 43, a welder, and his brother, Siri, 46, sent the rest of their family out of Bucha as the violence intensified, but both insisted on staying behind. They were found dead in their yard. My uncle stayed for the dog, and my father stayed for the house, Nazar said. An unknown man also lay dead nearby, and the family's two dogs were riddled with bullets. They were not able to defeat our army, so they killed ordinary people, said Nazar, who was 17. Bucha had been one of the most desirable commuter suburbs of Kiev, nestled between fir tree forests and a river. It had modern shopping malls and new residential complexes, as well as old-fashioned summer cabins set along gardens and trees. The Russian author Mikhail Bulgakov had a summer house there. Days after Russian troops drove into town, the Ukrainian army struck back, setting tanks and armored vehicles ablaze in an attack on a Russian column. As many as 20 vehicles burned in a huge fireball that ignited homes along one side of the street. Some Russian soldiers fled, carrying their wounded through the woods. 
Russian reinforcements arrived several days later in an aggressive mood. They set up base in an apartment complex behind of school, number three, the main high school on Volkzana or Station Street, and posted a sniper in a high-rise building still under construction. They made their headquarters farther south in a glass factory on the Bucha River. Until then, the residents of Bucha had been sheltering from Russian missiles and artillery strikes, many of them sleeping in basements and cellars, but some had ventured outside from time to time to get water or sneak a look at the damage. Shelling had been sporadic, and much of the Russian artillery fire was aimed over their heads at Irpin, the next town over. After the assault on the column, the atmosphere hardened. On March 4th, Valdemir, age 50, set out on foot around 5 p.m. to pick up a loaf of bread from his neighbors who were baking at home. His mother and brother had told him not to go out, but he insisted his mother recalled later. Russian vehicles were driving along a road at the end of the street, and the neighbors heard two gunshots. They found him the next day dead on the street. Days passed before they could load him into a wheelbarrow and push him into the hospital morgue before hurrying home. On March 5th, a Russian sniper began firing on anything moving south of the high school. Aunt Ludia was shot in the morning. That afternoon, a father and his son stepped out of their gate for a walk along their street, Gavolinska or Apple Street. They shot my son, the father, Ivan said. I was next to him. It would have been better if it had been me. He asked that only his first name be published. Many residents of Butcher were frightened after weeks under Russian occupation and asked that their surnames not be published for fear of retribution at a later stage. He was suffering the whole night and died at 8.20 a.m., Ivan said of his son. The family buried him in the front garden under a huge mound of earth. It's hard to bury your child, Ivan said. I would not wish that on my worst enemy. His son left behind an eight-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. I cannot look my grandson in the eyes, Ivan said. Gabolinska Street, where they lived, soon became the deadliest stretch of road for passing civilians. A man on his bicycle was struck by fire from an armored vehicle in early March. As video recorded by the Ukrainian military showed, by March 11th, there were at least 11 dead bodies lying on the streets and sidewalks. <sighs> it soon became apparent why the bodies had remained in place so long. Troops started searching homes and ordered residents not to go outside. They were going yard by yard, said Valerie, 42, a mechanic living near the river. A Russian commander warned him not to go out in the street. We have orders to shoot, the commander said. The soldiers confiscated cell phones and computers. Some were polite, but still ordered families to leave their homes near the bases to go to nearby kindergarten. To go to a nearby kindergarten, they handed me my walking stick," said Tatiana, 65, who was among those told to leave. The soldiers turned her house into a pit, using one room as a toilet. They stole everything. As more troops arrived, they drove their armored vehicles straight into the people's gardens, crushing metal gates and fences and parking with their guns trained on the street. Vladimir, 66, fled with his wife. When a Russian armored vehicle barreled through their back fence, they took shelter in the basement of school number three. Russian soldiers were also using the school and residential complexes behind for mortar positions. On March 9th, Mr. Shepetiko, a retired water engineer, slipped back to fetch some food from the house in Russian and found Russian soldiers living there. He described them as contract soldiers, men who are offer experienced fighters but notorious for the abuses but notorious for the abuses and acting with impunity. They had parked their armored vehicles across the street and were sleeping and heating water in the house. The soldiers made a sarcastic comment about Ukrainians' fascists testing his loyalty. I thought I'd be shot, he said, and I kept silent. They demanded his cell phone, but his dog barked so furiously at them that they backed off and let him go. It was only when he returned after the Russians pulled out of Kiev that Mr. Shepitiko discovered how far the Russian soldiers had gone. His house had been ransacked, filled with rubbish and beer bottles. Then in a cellar, under the garden shed, his nephew discovered the body of a woman, slumped down, bare legs, akimbo. She wore a fur coat and nothing else. She had been shot in the head, and he found two bullet casings on the ground. When the police pulled her out and conducted a search, they found torn condom wrappers and one used condom upstairs in the house. The abuse of the woman was one case of many, said Ukraine's official Obunswomen for Human Rights. 
She said she had recorded horrific cases of sexual violence by Russian troops in Buka and other places, including one in which a group of women and girls were kept in a basement of a house for 25 days. Nine of them are now pregnant, she said. She speculated that the violence came out of revenge for the Ukrainian resistance, but also that the Russian soldiers used sexual violence as a weapon of war against Ukrainian women. The city had been without electricity, running water, gas, or the internet since early March, and thousands of residents still in their homes were living in freezing temperatures, sleeping in their clothes under layers of blankets. Six people in a home, four seniors, perished from hunger, cemetery workers who collected the bodies in April said. The lobby was icy cold, and four of the dead had congregated in a sunroom across the garden. At the house next door, the same workers had cut down a woman who had hung herself from a branch. For ten days in the middle of March, Tatiana, 20, took to walking with her parents to see her grandmother, whose house had been who whose house had a wood fire and an outdoor stove where they could heat water and cook. Every day they took the same route through the woods and over the railway tracks. On March 24, it had seemed quiet again until a shot rang out on the way home. It was so loud I could not hear anything. They all fell to the ground at the same time. Her mother lay silent. I called for her, but she did not move. She said she lifted her head and saw the blood on her mother's face and her hair was pulling on the road. <clears throat> her mother, who was also called Tatiana, a homemaker, 46, died where she fell. The Russian soldiers later detained her husband, cuffing him and putting a bag over his head. When he asked to retrieve his wife's body, they let him go after that night, dumping him still handcuffed and blindfolded in a different part of town. In a bizarre episode, they allowed her stepfather to retrieve the body and gave him a brand new red car which turned out to be stolen to take her away in, to take her away in the family buried her in the garden the next morning and parked the car outside and then parked the car inside the gate the mother of the dead woman echoed what many civilians in buka noted as the war progressed the mood and behavior of the russian troops grew uglier the first lot were peaceful she said of the Russian soldiers, asking for her surname not to be published. The second lot were worse. Some of the violence seemed cynical, designated to terrorize, but Russian troops were particularly suspicious of men in fighting age, often accusing them of being members of the Ukrainian Defense Forces before taking them away for questioning. Natalia, a retired optician, said soldiers detained her nephew, saying they would take him in for days of questioning. They held him for three weeks. After the Russian troops left, the neighbors found him dead in the basement. They shot him through the ear, she said. In the last week of March, Ukrainian forces mounted a counterattack to retake the northwestern suburbs of Kiev. Fighting intensified sharply in Bukla, Buka, and Russian units began preparing to pull out. One of their last acts was to shoot their detainees or anyone else who got in the way. In, clearing on, in a clearing on one street, the police later found five members of a family, including two women, a child, their bodies dumped and burned. At least 15 people were found dead with their hands bound in, a, in various places around the city, indicating that more than one Russian unit detained and executed people. Five bodies were found in a cellar in a, child, in a children's summer camp, which Russians had used as a base. Others were found on uh, Yablunska Street and more at the glass factory. In the nearby village of Moltzin, revenge played a large part in the deaths of the mayor, her husband, and her son, who were found buried on the edge of the village. There were signs of torture, broken fingers on their son, and contusions on the mayor's face inflicted before they were all shot by Russian forces angry that the Ukrainians had destroyed a truck in an armored vehicle. It was revenge, said Anatoly, a retired high school physics teacher whose son is married to the daughter of the slain mayor, Ola Sikenko. Mr. Rachenko had watched the excavation of the grave, which also held three other bodies. In accounts corroborated by the local military commander, residents described how a Ukrainian ambush that blew up the armored vehicle and supply truck led in a fury of Russian violence targeting civilians. Led to a flurry of Russian violence targeting civilians. The following day, a Russian armored personnel carrier drove down the street, firing randomly into homes with a heavy machine gun says Sirhe, the head of local unit of civilian volunteer soldiers. He doesn't know how many people were wounded or killed, but said that after the Russians departed, he collected 20 bodies in and around the village from its episode, from this episode and others. They shot everything, 
They shot at houses. They shot a woman on the street. They shot at dogs. The same day, Russian soldiers detained Misakenko, 50, her husband, Ihor, 57, and their son, Alexander, 25. Mr. Ochenko said, the bodies of all three were found in the grave. I just don't understand, said Mr. Ruchenko. Okay, the mayor helped the Ukrainians, but why Alexander? What did he do? Of the Russian army's presence in the village, he said it was like a nightmare. A joyous phone call, then silence. In the days after the Ukrainian troops retook control of Bukha, the police and cemetery workers began collecting the corpses scattered everywhere, heaving black body bags into a white van. In the mud, on the back doors, workers had written 200, the word in Soviet, military slang for war dead by april 2nd they had collected more than 100 bodies and by sunday the number had risen to more than 360 for the buka district 10 of the dead were children officials said on april 3rd marta was searching frantically on the internet for news of buka originally from moldova she had lived in ukraine nearly the city of Cherniv, with her husband and son for 10 years. She had last spoken to her husband, Dmitry Sherka, of 38, in mid-March, a construction worker. He had left home a month earlier to go back to his job on the new property and developments in Buka. Cell phone coverage was patchy, but he had managed to call his wife early on March 9th. He said, people are being shot here, but I am alive. She said the second time he called, it was around 5.30 a.m., and he woke her up. He said in such a voice, honey, I am alive. He sounded really happy. They call just 30 seconds long. The call, just 30 seconds long, made her happy too, but she did not hear from him again. Then she came across the first horrifying photographs of men lying with their hands bound in Ublinska Street beside pallets and construction materials. She recognized her husband instantly. He was lying face down, his hands hidden beneath him. Later, she found another photograph. He had been removed, but the two bodies nearby still lay there. She hopes that just maybe he had been wounded and taken to a hospital. Of the 360 bodies found through the weekend in Buka and the immediate surroundings, more than 250 were killed by bullets or shrapnel that were being included in an investigation of war crimes. Ruslan Karchenko, chief regional prosecutor in Buka, said in an interview, Many others died from hunger, the cold, lack of medicine, and doctors, among other reasons. Sitting in his car, Mr. Karchenko flipped through the files of his phones, on photos of corpses and his cell phone. He said he expected more cases as the police continued to find bodies and information kept pouring in. Overall, in the Buka region, there were at least 1,000 deaths in the war, he said. The, <laughs> the dead are overwhelmingly civilians. Only two of the Ukrainian military were among the killed in Buka City, according to Serhei, an official, city, uh, an official at the city cemetery. The Russian, the Russian brutality has outraged most of the world and stifled the resolve of the West to oppose Vladimir Putin's bloody invasion. The level of brutality of the army of terrorists and executioners of the Russian Federation knows no bounds, the ombudswoman Miss Denisova wrote. She appealed to the United Nations Human Rights Commission to take into account these facts of Russian war crimes in Ukraine. Some of the worst crimes included torture, rape, and executions of detainees were committed by troops based at the glass factory in Buka, local residents and investigators said. The regional prosecutor, Mr. Mr. Kravchenko, and investigators found in a computer server left behind by the Russians that could help them identify the men behind the violence. We have already established lists and data of servicemen, Mr. Kravchenko said. This data runs to more than 100 pages. Ukrainian investigators also have immense resource from organizations, citizens, and journalists who have posted more than 7,000 videos and photos on Government Internet Hub, warcrimesgovernment.ua. What is very important here is that they are made in such a way that they are admissible and evidence in court, she said. That in 7,000 with video evidence, with photo evidence, yet a long and laborious process of identification lies ahead. Miss, Miss Kermichi has no information about her husband, the construction worker, and when she called the government office, she was told to wait one month for news. She sounded forlorn and tearful on the telephone. There are only two of us, my son and me, and we're not giving up hope, she said. So that's the end of the New York Times article. So well done on the New York Times for actually posting something like that. Because it makes Joe Biden look like a fucking bitch. Which he is, okay? So this, this sanction shit, oh, we're just going to sanction them. 
is fucking stupid. And any politician that doesn't want to go above and beyond like we know we can, okay? We are the face of the Western world. Look who has shown up. Everyone has shown up at the fucking United States. Even Boris Johnson from England went to Kiev and walked around with Vladimir Zelensky. You think fucking Joe Biden's going to go to Kiev? No, because he's a fucking pussy. We ain't doing shit. Our military leadership is garbage. Millie, I'm looking at you. But I guarantee you, everybody that signed up and took the fucking oath to defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic, sees the fucking patriotism and the freedom and the liberty and the love of the Ukrainian people, and those military members would gladly go over fucking seas. I know I fucking would. If I saw this shit, if I read this shit, and I see what these Russians are fucking doing, I would be there in a fucking instant but you know i got responsibilities i did my fucking time people are telling me that flights to fucking poland are 250 bucks you could go to ukraine right now pick up a goddamn rifle fight some fucking russians right and you'll be a ukrainian citizen for the rest of your fucking life and that's fucking honorable as shit what is happening right now is war crimes this isn't a front versus another front this isn't soldiers versus soldiers what the russians are doing right now is a fucking war crime that reflects world war ii fucking the ss this isn't okay. When we said never again, we meant fucking never again. So the Russians and anybody that follows these orders and gives these orders, fuck you. I hope you burn in hell, okay? The military, the American military would love to go there and turn your fucking face into a goddamn parking lot. But our fucking government are cowards. Oh, we're just going to hit him with more sanctions. We're going to hit him with more sanctions. Fucking do something. Close the air. I don't give a show they have nuclear capability. Fuck that, Okay. The fucking Russians have been beaten by the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, a bunch of fucking dirt farmers, and they're being beaten by the Ukrainians, okay? Russia was supposed to take the whole fucking country in a week. It's been two months. You think we give a shit? You think they're going to threaten us at all? You think they pose a threat to the American military? They don't. So why the fuck are we not doing anything? This isn't about this isn't about goods and rights and policies and the fucking war machine. This isn't about, you know, what they have in their minds for the batteries that we need to make electric cars. This is about humanity and human rights and we're sitting here doing fucking nothing. We need to do fucking something. That is it. That's all I'm fucking saying. Joe Biden, the Biden administration, the American politicians that don't want to put boots on the ground, fine. Don't put fucking boots on the ground. Close the airspace. Give them their MiGs. I don't give a shit what Russia says. If you do this, it's going to be an act of war. Oh yeah, what the fuck are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, Putin? You ain't going to do shit. Your own people don't even fucking like you. You got to hide in a goddamn bunker like Adolf Hitler in 1945 because even your own fucking generals want to put you down. Your people want to put you down. You have protests in the fucking street and 10,000 people have been fucking arrested. That's what fucking happens when you're a piece of shit. Okay? That's it. That's how it is. So fuck Vladimir Putin. Fuck anybody that, you know follows these orders you're taking out civilians you're shooting fucking dogs and children in the street fuck you i hope you burn in hell okay and to the politicians that are doing nothing fuck you too we're gonna get rid of you we're gonna get rid of you because the american people if the american people are sitting there like well better them than us fuck you too if you're sitting there pissed off that this is happening to civilians well do something about it protest let your voice be heard do a fucking post because there's a lot of people out there that are reading this shit and they're calling it propaganda and the russians there's no possible way that the russians are doing this this is all fake news those people need to be fucking silenced because they have no idea what the fuck is actually going on and what's actually going on is civilians are getting killed children grandparents old women old men dogs are being fucking murdered in the street and they don't even have a fighting fucking chance when a military is beating another military, the retreating military should fucking retreat, okay? They should fucking retreat, regroup, and figure it out. They should not be raping fucking kids. They should not be raping women. They should not be killing civilians on their way out. That's a fucking war crime. So if you're sitting there, again, if you're sitting there and be like, better them than us, fuck you. If you think we're not doing enough, because we, we're, guess what, we're not. We're fucking not doing enough. You know who's doing enough? Fucking Poland. They're taking in fucking refugees and all that shit. And apparently we're going to be taking in some refugees too from fucking Eastern Europe, which makes no fucking sense. And our borders wide the fuck fucking open. 
our this administration is a cancer to our democracy. Our constitutional our constitutional republic is under fucking attack from the Biden administration. Our border is wide open. In 20, 23 people on the terror watch list were captured by border patrol in 2021. As this fucking crisis just fucking escalates and the, the, the border is wide the fuck open. We're getting rid of, uh, what is it called? Amendment 42 or Objective 42, which means, you know, we're, we're not deporting people anymore. So 1,000 people coming through our border, that's bad. That's deemed as severe. That's not going to happen. We're going to have 18,000 a day. It's getting warmer. People are going to come rolling through here. And you know who they're going to fucking replace? They're going to replace the people of color that have moved to the Republican Party. Your voices no longer matter. You thought your voice never fucking mattered before during segregation and Jim Crow and the Civil War and shit like that? Illegal immigrants are taking your spot in our society due to democratic policies. That's something that would piss me the fuck off. That's something that does piss me the fuck off. It's cheaper fucking labor. These people are going to do it. They're not going to pay their fucking taxes. They're going to send all that money back to Mexico and all the fucking money that they make here doesn't get... It doesn't go back into our economy because they're not fucking paying taxes. This is a problem. Okay? The Joe, the Biden administration is a problem. Hunter Biden is a problem. Oh, it's just his kid. It has nothing to do... It does. If fucking Hunter Biden was going around collecting money, paying his dad's fucking bills while he was vice president of the United States through businesses, that is a fucking problem. This is corruption at its finest. Okay? This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is fucking factual. I've just said 800 fucking things that are horrible. These accounts are multiple accounts from the New York Times of all places. So, you know, if the New York Times is saying shit and you're seeing stuff about, you know, the Border Patrol nabbing 23 people on a terror list and, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop is now fucking relevant. This is a fucking problem. The left is getting caught with its fucking pants down, which is why during this 2022 election they are going to lose everything and we are going to stop joe biden in his tracks we're going to take congress we're going to take the house and the senate he won't be able to do shit and if he tries to do shit it's going to be through executive orders which are goddamn fucking illegal because congress makes the stupid laws okay congress makes the laws not executive fucking orders before i leave i want you to listen to this okay this is fucking nuts just listen to what they say and you'll figure it out you'll figure it out Doing exactly what he said he's going to do. Well, and I think that the dangerous, you know, edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media, trying to make up his own facts, and it could be that while unemployment and uh, the, the economy worsens, he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think, and that if, is the that is our you, job. Yeah. If you did, you catch that. Controlling people's minds is their job. That's the mainstream media's job. They're talking about Elon Musk giving back free speech and how he might manipulate free speech to make them believe whatever they want to believe, which is how free speech fucking works. You're allowed to believe whatever the fuck you want to believe. You could say whatever the fuck you want to say. You're not manipulating people. That's their job. That's the mainstream media's job. So I'll leave you to that. Okay, that was Mika and Joe in the morning or whatever the fuck those people are on MSNBC. She literally said Elon was going to control what we think, and that is the media's job. She outed the media. When in all actuality, he's not trying to manipulate the people. He just wants the people to hear every aspect of every conversation instead of one side or the other being shadow banned and subdued and held under the goddamn ground so nobody could hear it. Because free speech is not free if one side is suppressed. Delinquents, I will tell you this because I love you. And you love me. We are in the midst of the longest, saddest, and most excruciating and unsatisfying, I told you so, in the history of the fucking world. We knew. People with a brain. Anybody with a fucking brain knew that Joe Biden was trash. He was a vegetable, he was an idiot. He had no idea what the fuck he was doing. He was given everything he needed when he took office and he destroyed it. He was given peace in the Middle East and he fucking ruined it. He was given no new wars and he fucking ruined it. He was given distribution for vaccines and he 
fucking ruined it. He he was given a fucking economy that was coming back and he fucking ruined it. Joe Biden is a shit show. And honestly, vaccines not doing so well right now. Okay? As much as people still want to be like, "Oh, vaccines, you got to take a vaccine." Listen, Moderna recalls over 760,000 COVID-19 vaccine doses in Europe. 760,000 recall on a fucking vaccine that's been approved by the FDA? That's a problem. Moderna Friday announced a recall of one lot of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine, SpikeVax, whatever that is, of, consisting of 764,900 doses distributed in several countries across Europe. Why are you doing a recall on a goddamn COVID vaccine that's been approved? Don't get fucking vaccinated. If you are, if you're healthy, if you're healthy, do not get fucking vaccinated. That is my cliff note version. Of course, if you want to do it, go ahead. All right. People have done put worse things in their body. Okay. Drug addicts. Take Nancy Pelosi, for instance. She's had all kinds of dick in her body. I mean, substances in her body, all kinds. All right. So much. Now, she's been vaccinated, right? She had COVID. Guess what happened? Unfortunately, she's here still. She made it through. She is alive. <laughs> I don't wish death on anybody, but, you know, I mean, it, natural causes. And apparently dying from a vaccine side effect is a natural cause now. If you get shot in the head, guess what you died of? COVID-19, apparently. That's just for statistical reasons. But she's been vaccinated. She had COVID, she's 80 years old, and she's fucking alive. Okay? At the end all, be all of any, all of this, you're allowed to make your own decisions. You're not allowed to be judged based on your own ideals. And if you are judged because of those ideals, the people doing the judging, they're fucking wrong. And the people doing the judging right now are the Democrats and their policies and their fucking regulations and their laws. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi is going to get fucking reelected and she's going to be back in the fucking Senate because she's doing it for the children or she's doing it for fucking America when she's probably doing it because she just wants another $20,000 fucking fridge for her gelato. The people that are in Joe Biden's pocket are controlling and pulling the strings. There is no fucking way any moderate fucking Democrat would be putting America in the situation that it's in right now where he is giving... Everything to fucking everyone except the American people. This build back better shit is not better at all. He, we were going to make America great again. We were on the fucking course and we were headed straight for it before COVID fucking popped up. The timing on COVID is absolutely fucking ridiculous when it comes to this fucking election. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he didn't win, but he ran his fucking campaign from a fucking basement, a basement. So 22 is going to come around, and when 22 comes around, we're going to take the House, we're going to take the Senate, and the corruption is going to come straight to a fucking head. The Biden corruption is going to be front and fucking center, and everyone's going to fucking know about it. And then, maybe we could have a fucking impeachment that makes fucking sense based on actual evidence and not hearsay from the mainstream media. And with that, I will see you guys next time. Love you. Bye.